This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome to the BBC Music Magazine podcast. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting classical-music.com or to our interactive iPad edition by visiting iTunes.com. BBC Music Magazine is now an official Apple Music curator and you can listen to our exclusive playlists by visiting applemusic.com slash bbcmm. This month I'm joined by Reviews Editor Rebecca Franks to talk about our April issue's recording of the month. This time it's a recording of Handel's Water Music, performed by the Academy for Alter Music Berlin, and it's on the Harmonia Mundi label. Rebecca, it's a, it's a very refreshing recording, isn't it? It's one of those uh, recordings like, I don't know, Vivaldi's Four Seasons that you kind of think there are hundreds of recordings out there of it, but this seems to stand apart. Yes, you might well ask, do we need another recording of this music? Some of Handel's most famous music, there are, there are lots of recordings out there, but I think the answer is yes, when the playing is this good and it comes up this fresh, um, with so many vivid colours and varied timbres and just brilliant ensemble and musicianship, I think you, when you hear it, you will agree that we do need it. Well, let's hear an extract, actually, from suite number two. It's the hornpipe. And I think here you can hear many lines uh, in the orchestration that I think um, have sort of been obscured in many, many recordings in the past.
So that was an extract from the Allerhorn Pipe from Suite Number 2 from Handel's Water Music. Nice and swift, very um, full of ceremonial pomp. Uh, just great dramatic stuff. Perfect for a, for a party on the Thames, I think. Yes, there's always this wonderful background story to this music that um, I think is probably part of its charm as well, which is that this was out, written for outdoors to be played on the Thames on these royal uh, river parties. And there's a particularly good of a c- account of um, an evening in July in 1717 when this music was played by 50 musicians for, for King George I. And I think they liked it so much they had to play it, you know, three times. And you can just imagine them sort of floating down the Thames with this wonderful music playing. Yes, provided it didn't rain, of course. Yeah, yeah um, British weather aside. But it, but it must have been wonderful to be able to, um, you know, pr- process up the Thames uh, with, with this music sort of blaring out. Well, apparently there were lots of other boats there on the river as well, sort of around the royal group, who all there to hear this music. And as, as far as I can tell from Simon Hayes's fascinating notes, um, there were other people who used this music for their own parties up and down the Thames. It wasn't just exclusively for the king. I think a lot of people then used this music in either either for their own outdoor parties or you know in concert halls, in theatres. So this music really gained a very wide audience. Yes, I mean, there's a certain amount of um, sort of doubt, I suppose, around uh, exactly when this was written for and w- which occasion, um, because there are no surviving autograph scores, but we, we know, have parts and we have manuscripts and it, 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 because it was so popular so quickly, you know, we have all the music and they've, they've brought it together in, in this particular grouping of the three suites, the mm. 22 movements. But one thing is, is not um, doubted is it's very grand music. And I think in our next extract, it's the overture to the suite number one, um, the Largo, uh, which I think really sort of paints Handel as the sort of supreme, sort of almost French composer. That was an extract from the overture to the suite number one. Um, brings to mind, I suppose, uh, these sort of activities of Louis XIV, this kind of thing that he might have done, um, have sort of parties down the River Seine, I suppose. Handel might have been trying to sort of recreate the sort of the, the glitz and glamour of, of, of the Versailles um, music scene. Um, but, but you know, ironic given that he was a German composer writing for an English king, well, a sort of German-English king. And here we have... French music. Yes, yes, yeah, a real, um, a real melting pot here of, of different nationalities. And what I like about that extract we've just heard as well is you really get the sense of the ensemble sort of breathing and feeling the music together, which I think again is one of the real sort of triumphs on this recording. Um, that these, I think, there are twenty-six musicians playing here, and the tightness of the ensemble. Um, it's, it's really remarkable, actually. They don't have a conductor either. No, I think and they, they stand up when they're playing and they, um, you know, they obviously work together a lot. So they, you know, there's that certain sense of um, sort of osmosis, perhaps, and sort of just being aware and being attentive to what everybody's doing. 
but I think it really pays dividends with this music. I was hearing a lot of this music as if for the first time, I have to say. And and there's a lot of, um, I mean, we all know the sort of the overtures and the hornpipes, and, but, but some of the music is very intimate, um, as I think we're going to hear from the second minuet from uh, suite number three. So that was an extract from the uh, second minuet from suite number three, really demonstrating, I think, the intimacy of this music. And it's you know part of these suites that I think one forgets in the face of a lot more of the sort of more um, lively movements, I think. Yeah, and the well-known movements. And actually, you know, in the, the magazine, we talked to the, the concertmaster of the orchestra and he was saying they wanted to wait, really, until they tackled this really popular music because you, you want to save the best for last. Um, but actually, they've got yet more great projects coming up. Um, also out on Harmonia Mundi, they've got the Bach St. John Passion with René Jacobs. Um, so that's coming up quite soon. And actually last year they were nominated for an award for their sort of evocative portrait of Venice. Yeah, they're very, very inventive ensemble, actually. Yes, so, um, yeah. Lovely sort of repertoire choices, actually. Yeah. Um, so I think we should end with uh, another extract from this wonderful disc. Um, it's the Bourre from suite number three. Playing really is finely wrought, spontaneous almost. It's it's absolutely brilliant stuff. Yes. It's sort of addictive almost listening. It is the energy there. It, you know, almost reminds me of um, Nielsen symphonies when they have the you know the, the battle of the timpani there. The mm. out. Yes, really going for it there. I think yeah. a bit of, sort of improvising. Yeah. A wonderful introduction to that. So that brings us to the end of our discussion of the April issues recording of the month. Join us next month. We'll be talking about the May issues recording of the month. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.